Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us here today in a very quiet Westminster as once again we put the topic of leadership under the spotlight. I'm Scott Challoner and today I'm joined by Ken McMeekham. Ken is the Chief Executive of Moto Hospitality, a household name of course on Britain's motorways, but also he's the founder of the Meals and More charity geared toward tackling child holiday hunger. Ken, welcome, great to have you with us on the programme today. Thank you, Scott. Great to be here. Pleasure having you, Ken. Now, this podcast, first and foremost, is all about the topic of leadership. And this is no more under the microscope than it is now, especially with the whole fallout of the COVID-19 outbreak. Um, How has it been for yourselves at Moto trying to just navigate the past few weeks? I presume it's been really challenging. Yes, look, from a leadership perspective, I don't think any of us uh, have really had to experience the types of challenge that we're experiencing as a a nation and also globally. So there are many impacts, um, some that we can plan for and some that we just can't plan for, uh, given it's fairly unprecedented what we're going through. And we are a a big people business. Uh, We have 5,000 colleagues that we need to manage through these challenges. We also have, over the course of the year, about 120 million customer transactions coming through our motorway service areas. So we've got uh, a whole variety of challenges that we have to face into. Never has leadership been uh, more important or desperately needed uh, as we sort of go through some fairly uncharted waters. Absolutely. It is uncertain times um, indeed. Um, if we look at the topic of leadership more broadly, when one says that word leader, what does that mean to you, Ken? Well, look, I've always felt leadership uh, rather than leaders. Le- leadership is a, is a privilege, really. Um, you, uh, throughout the course of a career, um, if you are in a people industry and you are given the opportunity to lead other people. Uh, that that brings with it a significant responsibility because uh, many years ago, I was the CEO at Greg's and I remember walking around the bakery and uh, one of the bakery managers stopping me and uh, just reminding me that all the decisions that I was taking as a leader of that business, and this was when the world was going into a financial meltdown with the financial crisis back in 2008, 2009, all the decisions that I was making would impact on not just our customers, but also uh, him as an individual and also his family. Um, Because what he quite rightly reminded me was uh, his livelihood uh, depended on whether I as a leader was making with the team the right decisions. Uh, to drive the business forward sustainably. Absolutely, and um, it is a lot of responsibility on the shoulders of business leaders, um, especially uh, today uh, with uh, these uncertain times. Um, before embarking on your retail career, Ken, um, I'm aware, of course, that you did serve in the uh, Royal Navy during the uh, the 1980s. Um, is there anything in terms of leadership that you took away from that experience and may now even integrate into your professional life working as a uh, CEO? Well, I was very fortunate. I think at an incredibly young age, I joined the 
little baby. I was 16 years old. And many of the qualities that are really taught um, and uh, highly valued uh, in the armed forces are hugely applicable to uh, leadership and also into the business world. Things like the importance of great communication, the uh, incredibly important teamwork, uh, the value uh, and uh, critical requirement of quality training if you're going to operate at the very highest standards. Uh, these sorts of uh, skills and qualities are, are really drummed into you, into the armed forces. And I've found them uh, to be incredibly helpful as I've gone into my business career. Uh, so if I go back over them again, you know, the importance of communication, teamwork, uh, are just two of the, the big qualities that um, the armed forces uh, dedicate a lot of time to. But in, importantly, one of the ones that gets forgotten is, uh, you know, if you want to be uh, delivering at the very highest level, the, the importance of uh, quality training, but also the ongoing training uh, that is required. Absolutely. And uh, based on that experience then, Ken, would you say that you can learn to become a great leader and develop yourself into a great leader as opposed to just being born with the qualities that you need to be a good leader? I've, I've always felt that, you know, you're not born uh, a leader. <laughs> um, some of the qualities that you uh, develop as a child some of the values that you are taught, whether that's through family, parents, uh, the wider family, uh, or indeed uh, from school through education. You know, there are certainly qualities that you can learn and you develop from a very young age. But I, I've always believed one of the um, key requirements for uh, any leader is, is uh, a combination of humility and, and humbleness, uh, and also the uh, constant uh, thirst and desire for knowledge and uh, the ability to want to uh, understand how to lead other people um, who all have different personalities, uh, different emotions, um, different things going on in their lives. There is a real skill and an art, um, which, by the way, I don't think you ever finish learning because people are different, situations are different, and therefore, for me, I've always felt you had to have this inquiring mind as a leader that you want to continue to uh, be the very best that you can be and to continue to learn uh, based on the different situations that you are facing as a leader. That's some really interesting. So um, you would say in terms of being um, a good leader, it's very much um, a journey, a development process, and there are a lot of qualities that you can pick up along the way. But when you talk about uh, that teamwork element um, as well, um, it's important to remember for today's leaders that it's not just a one man or a one woman show. It's just about it's it's just as much about the people around them as well, isn't it? They're just as important. Uh, I think one of the uh, for success for any leader 
is the quality of the people that you surround yourself with. And the wisest leaders, in my experience, have always been those that try and surround themselves with the most talented people who will uh, bring with them at times different skill sets to the leader, uh, who will challenge uh, the leader uh, and each other, and um, always try to look for talented people who would complement uh, not only the team, but also uh, complement uh, me as, a, as an individual leader. So try and surround myself with uh, the brightest, most capable, um, in fact, individuals who may even progress uh, with development support to achieve far greater things than, than I might achieve as a leader. Uh, is one of the the key ingredients to success, I think, of any leader is the quality of the team that you surround yourself with. Exactly. It's uh, so important uh, to remember, of course, that um, as I said before, it's not a one-man or a one-woman effort. It's very much um, a case of uh, being about the team and all driving together toward a particular goal. Um, I noticed there, Ken, that you did mention as well, um, example, like wise leaders and how they surround themselves with positive people who can really get the best out of them and vice versa. Um, when we say wise leaders, who would you consider to be part of that crowd? Look, I've, I've had the benefit through my career of working for some of the greats that I would consider within retailing, the likes of uh, Lord Ian McLaurin at Tesco, who I was uh, very privileged back in the 90s to observe and, and watch how... Uh, Ian McLaurin uh, did exactly that, surrounded himself with hugely talented people, um, was brilliant at engaging with colleagues uh, at all levels across the organization and had this innate ability that whenever anyone spoke to Ian, and I've, I've heard this said of certain individuals who I would also typically hold up as great leaders, Whenever he spoke to an individual, that individual felt like for that moment in time, they were the only person in that room and that their view uh, really mattered. And uh, therefore, uh, Lord McLaurin would be one of those individuals that I would hold up as one of the, the great leaders, uh, certainly within retailing. And then, you know, if you... Uh, look through history, um, there's there's no sort of one-size-fits-all of what makes a great leader. And I think sometimes it's the situation um, as much as the individual leader and the qualities. You know, you could go back through uh, history and uh, pull out some of the obvious names that people would typically hold up, uh, whether that's a Gandhi or a Churchill or a, a Nelson uh, Mother Teresa, uh, Marie Curie, and, and the list would go on of individuals that I would sort of classify as um, not only wise, but also great leaders. Absolutely. And um, it's important to remember that examples of good leaders um, don't always have to be household names, do they? Um, especially in business as well, where people aren't necessarily always in the public eye and maybe don't get that same sort of recognition. Um, with that in mind, Ken, um, do you think that good leadership is celebrated as much as it should be in the UK? 
I think it depends on the company that you work for. Um, and uh, I think it depends on the culture within that company as to whether leadership is uh, celebrated and uh, recognized. Um, and I think if I, if I look back again, um, the, the point about you don't have to be, it's not just the famous names that people would identify as uh, great leaders. Uh, I would say almost on a daily basis, if I look at uh, Moto, there are great examples of incredible leadership. Um, it's it's being able to recognize and to uh, acknowledge that on a regular basis that I think breeds then the, the culture of typically um, people when they are being recognized for doing something well, um, typically in my experience want to repeat that and typically if individuals are being recognized for acts of great leadership it inspires others um, if you are acknowledging and recognizing that so typically for me going uh, about my business day to day one of the things I'm constantly trying to do and getting my operating board to do is identify those daily acts of uh, outstanding leadership and uh, recognizing that publicly and praising publicly so that it inspires and encourages more people to do the same. Absolutely and um, it sort of shows that whole the importance of culture and the importance of a leader generating a culture of positivity and motivation in a whole new light being able to celebrate some um, acts of good leadership and really encourage people give them that pat on the back that they need to sort of uh, keep developing and keep uh, doing the job that they do well. Um, that's really interesting Ken um, I am conscious at this point of uh, running out of time but um, before we do wrap things up and um, you did mention Moto uh, just now um, do give me an idea of what you imagine the next year will hold for the company, for yourself, and what you hope to achieve in that time, particularly beyond the uh, COVID-19 outbreak as well? Well, I'd say, look, if you'd asked me this uh, a couple of months ago, I'd probably give you a very different answer um, from the one that I'm about to give you, because inevitably, uh, coronavirus and the response required uh, to deal with uh, the challenges presented by coronavirus have become all-consuming for the short term and, and will continue to be all-consuming for the short term. So managing uh, on behalf of our colleagues and our customers, keeping them safe, uh, trying to continue to offer food and uh, drink on motorway service areas for key workers, HPV drivers, emergency services, uh, trying to ensure we continue to provide somewhere to park and rest, uh, toilet facilities, showers for our HPV drivers who are moving uh, all of the food and medicines uh, that we require as a nation around the UK. That, that remains our utmost uh, priority for the short term. And at the same time, where we've had to close some of our catering brands that we would normally run on our motorway services, uh, because the brands themselves have had to close across the UK, ensuring that our colleagues, uh, we don't have redundancies, but we have uh, 
colleagues who are on furlough uh, for a period of time, uh, again, remains uh, our big uh, priority. And ensuring that we have uh, enough cash to continue running the business, even with the uh, expected drop in demand as more people are staying at home. So that, that I would say, is without doubt our, our big priority for now. However, at the same time, we also need to be thinking about at some point, uh, as people are able to start moving around again, people are allowed to uh, make journeys uh, in their cars, we need to be ready to support them in the way that we always have done and ensure that, in effect, we are preparing our business uh, to cope when we uh, hopefully get back to some form of normality. And then the third priority will be uh, uh, reinstating, hopefully at a, perhaps a faster pace, uh, some of the plans that we already had for the next five years. And what, what we're trying to do as a business right now is use this period of time to think how, how might we come out uh, the other side of the impacts of coronavirus and perhaps even do things differently and better than we might otherwise have done had we not been presented with the challenges of coronavirus. But the first priority uh, is totally how do we ensure our customers and colleagues remain safe whilst continuing to provide the services that uh, key workers, HGV drivers and emergency services are inevitably going to need. Uh, and we're trying to play our part to uh, not only keep people safe, but also to keep uh, the UK moving for those essential journeys that need to be made. Certainly, and let's hope that those um, goals are borne out over the next few months and we do start seeing a return to normality sooner rather than later. Um, Ken, um, it's been an absolute pleasure and incredibly insightful having you on the uh, the programme today. And I think it would be great to have you back on in a few months' time to perhaps look at this retrospectively and see how things have uh, panned out. Um, thank you so much for coming on, taking the time to speak with myself and also sharing your views for the benefit of the listeners. Scott, it's my pleasure. Really nice talking to you. Take care. Likewise, take care. We now hand over to Jonathan White for his exclusive interview with England cricket legend Sir Andrew Strauss.